welcome to Chi Alpha Roundtable, the official podcast for Chi Alpha at the University of Oregon. I'm your host, Cassie, joined here today by our director, Joey. This is our very first episode, and we are so excited to get this thing started. You might be wondering what this podcast is going to be about. We've found that there are so many things that are related to following Jesus as a young adult that are worth talking about, but might not be well-suited for, say, a fellowship service. By making space for them here, we have the opportunity to share multiple perspectives and make these conversations available to you to engage with on your own time. We hope that you come to see this podcast as a supplemental resource that challenges you on your faith journey. Some topics you may have thought about a lot, and some you might never have considered before. We're excited for the conversations we have here to be jumping off points for further discussion. So feel free to ask us questions or ask your small group leader about these topics if you want to go deeper. With that, I think we'll jump into our first episode. Thanks for joining me here today, Joey. I'm happy to be here with you, Cassie. I'm happy that you're here and I don't have to do this alone. (laughs) It's great. Okay, so when I was thinking about this first episode, I wanted it to be sort of an introduction to what Chi Alpha is all about. There's so many different things that we value that really make this community special. We're committed to deep, authentic friendships, to exploring hard questions, and to participating in God's mission together. But the thing that I think really gets at the heart of what Chi Alpha is all about is discipleship. When I went to college, I would have called myself a Christian, but I didn't really know anything about following Jesus. It was only once I joined Chi Alpha and started experiencing the discipleship process in a very real way that I started to get that there was way more to having a relationship with God than I had ever imagined before. And I know that there are other people out there like me. So today, I want us to unpack that process a bit and talk about why discipleship is so important for young adults. So let's start by defining what that is. How would you define discipleship, Joey? Oh man, I feel like we could go in so many different places. One of my first favorite places to go is thinking about the Greek word for disciple. I remember hearing it as a student for the first time. And uh, I was also told whenever saying you say Greek words to just say it confidently and then no one will doubt whether or not you pronounce it correctly. That's true. Um, so the Greek word for disciple is methetes. And it just means like learner or pupil, which is, um, I think it's a helpful place to start that we as disciples are to be learners, to be people that are continually um, thinking about life, thinking about how we um, operate in this world. And also it's attached to like, you're not just learning solo, but as a pupil, you're attached to someone else. So it's like learning in community, learning maybe alongside a master or some kind of mentor or someone. So how is that different from say going to college and being a student? Student, I feel like even though you're around people all the time, you know, there's 22,000 people on campus. In some ways you can say it's a communal learning experience. But there's so much to learning on campus that can be just on your own and individualized. And you don't like follow your professor around anywhere either. And so... Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they did things differently in the theater department, which, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think the, the idea is a lot more you're attached to a master teacher. And so you like want to anything that that teacher says, you want to learn what they want to give you, what they want to teach you. And so um, it's like relational a lot more than I think are the way that we think about learning. Um, And it's not just head knowledge. Yeah, I think there's this holistic element to it that sometimes we forget. 
right? If we were thinking, okay, Jesus is my master teacher, let me go read the Bible or something and see what he says. It's one thing to take in that information and it's another thing to actually go figure out how to do life differently because of it. And I think that's what really struck me when I first came to college and was learning like, oh, what's this discipleship word I've never heard before? It was like, oh, okay, so the disciples who followed Jesus around, like, they were eating with him, they were sleeping near him, they were seeing the first thing he did when he got up and what he did when he interacted with someone he'd never met before. And so as they're taking in that information, they're like, oh, actually, this should shape my way of life. And I think sometimes we can have this disconnect of like, oh, okay, I know what the Bible says, but am I actually living the way that Jesus would want me to live? Like... If everyone lived the way that I did, would it represent what Jesus did well? Um, And I I know that question really challenges me because I'm like, oh, maybe I know things, but maybe I don't actually know things in the way that that shows that I've internalized it the way Jesus would want me to. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good distinction. It's more than just a head knowledge, but it has like learn this in your head, but then let it transform your life, you know? And I think when you look at, how a disciple would be in Jesus's time, it wouldn't be like enough to just say, well, I've taken that class. Yeah, that's true. You know, I got the check mark. I got my grade. Jesus would ask you, okay, but how are you living it? Mm -hmm. And and there are so many times, right? There's so many stories in which Jesus interacts with people that know it head knowledge wise, Mm -hmm. but he's like, okay, you know that you should live generously. Now go give your money. Go sell everything that you have and give to the poor. Exactly. So I think that's a helpful distinction between the two. I often think too, like, you know, that's a little bit of um, maybe what it looked like contextually as you read the Bible. And I think about like now, what does a disciple look like? You know, because it can, in my my mind, it can be sort of an umbrella term, you know. So I think of things like, like a mentor, like we talked about, or it could also look like a friendship. It could look like, taking a class, it can look like a handful of things that all kind of think fall under this umbrella of discipleship. So you mean like learning in those different contexts? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I think in most cases it has some sort of like relational element to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it can take lots of different forms that, you know, across the table, I can disciple you within a class and a mentor can disciple me. So there's even has different type of discipleship dynamics, I feel like. Yeah, I think I agree that discipleship would not look like you going in your room by yourself and reading the Bible and never talking to another human being about what you believe or, (laughs) you know, like maybe you pray a lot, but that's not the same as being discipled in an intentional way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that relational piece is really important because as you're, um, as you're living with other people, you're kind of figuring out what your worldview is and you may not be able to do that out on your own, you kind of have to bounce those ideas off of people in order to know what's what's good um, and get some feedback on the yeah. ways that you think about the world. Um, I think of this word disciple is really interesting because we can be disciples, you know, in this more general sense of anyone that we worship, um, any teacher that we follow. So whether that's like a celebrity or a politician, um, you know, if we're following them and wanting to be like them, we're actually being discipled by them in a weird kind of quasi yeah. not really relational way. Um, so I think it's worth thinking about it in that way too, of, you know, if we're giving our allegiance to Jesus and trying to be more like him, that also means we may not be able to follow these other people that our, our society would want us to follow. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like discipleship is not necessarily a word we use 
in the broader culture, but we all do it at some level. We all have like those places that we go to that shapes our lives that we receive. Like this is a place that, um, that I want to give authority in my life and learn from and implement in how I live. So whether that's certain social media influencers, whether that's politics, whether that's different religions or yourself, maybe like we all have things that we are discipled from people or things or ideologies. Um, so that's a really helpful distinction to know, okay, where am I going to put my discipleship? Who yeah. am I going to follow? Yeah. Yeah. That's the question, isn't it? It is. It's the question, man. <laughs> that's the question. Oh, man. Okay. Can you be a Christian without being a disciple? What are your thoughts? I think it was a really, like at surface level, it feels like, no. But I don't think we always assume that. Even in church circles, I don't know if we use the word disciple as often. Mm-hmm. Um, or we don't necessarily know what it means. I think there's become, especially in the Western church, this idea of like what it means to be a Christian is a lot more attached to going to a church. Yeah. And maybe it looks like school in some ways. Like all I have to do is show up to class. But nothing is asked of me, per se, outside of class, when, which is just like so backwards from what Jesus asked us. Like his famous last words is, go and make disciples. It's not go and sit in church. It's not go and make sure you have a couple prayer times. And all those things are good and helpful and healthy. But the crux of like what we're supposed to do is to be making disciples. So I really don't think you can be a Christian and not make disciples. Man, I think so many people need to hear that. Like being a Christian goes beyond Sunday, but it also goes beyond like, okay, I attend these things. Um, And I think of certain places uh, in our culture where it's like, oh, okay, I am this because I spend time here. But what Jesus is asking for is a lot more holistic and says, no, I want to be a part of every area of your life. And that's the cost, like that's the joy, but also the cost of following me. Um, I think about like, what does it mean to be a Christian, right? There's, there's a conversation to be had there. Like sometimes we use that word to mean something totally different from the way that someone else uses it. And so uh, as I've thought more about this, I think disciple is the word I come to more in terms of like, I think this actually describes what I'm trying for (laughs) more Mm -hmm. than saying, Hey, random person that I just met, I'm a Christian. Like they may have a totally different context for that than what I'm actually saying, which is like, no, my whole life is informed by Jesus or I want it to be, um, compared to, yeah, I go to church every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a fun question to ask your campus. Like when you think of a Christian, like what comes to mind? Like, do people think I'm making disciples? Like I'm trying to make followers of Jesus. I'm trying to share life together and everything that I do and we're learning together. Or do they think of someone that goes to church on Sunday and maybe not much more than that or something, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But I think you can't just say, or, you know, ideally you wouldn't just say I'm a Christian and that's it. Right. There would be this element of I'm pursuing Jesus in this intentional way. And I want him to shape my life and I want to learn and I want to keep growing until I die. Yeah. And then, you know, there's more beyond that, <laughs> but um, not just this. Okay. I, I think that this is true, um, which is where I was at um, growing up was like, okay, I believe Jesus is real. So I'm a Christian, but there wasn't this element of being discipled. Um, so that's really what we're, what we're going after in Chi Alpha. Yeah. That's good. That's good. 
So with that, um, a lot of what we do in Chi Alpha community is centered around this process of discipleship, just in different forms. Um, so I wanted to take a few minutes just to talk about that. Um, we have these different ways that we relate to each other and interact on a regular basis. Um, and one of those things is we have these one-on-one -on -one meetings uh, between a small group leader and a student, um, or maybe two students meeting together every once in a while. Um, so like, how do those one-on-one -on -one meetings relate to the process of discipleship? Yeah, I think about uh, similarly to what I mentioned before in the the why of discipleship is sort of like the how of discipleship, how it can take different forms, the different ways we learn, the different ways we find ourselves as pupils and relating to each other. And so when I think of a one-on-one, -on -one, this is like the most personal form of discipleship. I mean, you think about any friendship, you can go so much deeper into your life and just a one-to-one -one sit across, you know, the coffee table with your favorite favorite drink or whatnot, sitting in the EMU and having some Starbucks coffee, you can go deeper faster in just a one-on-one -on -one setting. And so I think it's just one of those ways that like, if you want to be known deeply by someone else and like really follow Jesus with all depths of your heart, you know, I think one-on-ones is a fantastic context for that. Yeah, I think there's a lot you can do in a one-on-one -on -one setting that's just harder to do in something else. Yeah. Um, I love one-on-ones because it's a lot of fun <laughs> to just get to know a human and be really curious about them and be like, okay, what makes you tick? And also, you know, what does Jesus want to do in your life? Um, so I think of one-on-ones as like this ideal place for um, the process of learning how to, you know, confess sins to one another and be vulnerable and um, then have some accountability for like, okay, Lord, I want to get free of this thing that I can't stop doing. Um, let me talk to this person on a regular basis about it. Like that can be a really good setting for that kind of thing. Or, um, hey, I want to learn how to share my faith and I've never done it before. So what does it look like for us to, you know, walk around campus and do that in some kind of way? I think there's space in one-on-ones for those conversations that really get at like, what is your heart struggle with this thing? And sometimes in, you know, a larger group, that stuff isn't going to come out, but it's a lot easier to have those conversations one-on-one -on -one with just another person who's your brother or sister in Christ, like walking step-by-step step with you through that, through that learning, um, just alongside what Jesus is calling you to do in a particular moment. Yeah, that's really good. Going from there, we have cores, uh, which is what we call our small groups. What role do small groups play in the discipleship process? Yeah, I immediately think of, you know, Jesus spent most of his time in a basically, I mean, 12 would be a pretty big small group, but a small group context. He wasn't a traveling preacher per se, spending all this time and great sermons. And he wasn't just like spending one-to-one -one time everywhere he went, but he spent most of his time with a small group of people doing life together. And again, it provides a different context for discipleship. Like I think doing it in a small group, begins to purge the me and Jesus mentality and starts to real, help us realize this is about we and Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is we and Jesus. This is about us doing life together that actually discipleship is communal. And what does it look like for me to be friends with someone else and maybe with someone else that's really different than me? Um, and so it provides a greater context to go a little bit wider in your relationships. Um, but again, helping us like really feel this sense of like, no, all of us together in this, we're a small group of friends following Jesus together mm -hmm. on campus. 
Yeah. I think it, what you're saying, Joey, is there's this there's this element of a small group that's like unity, but also diversity. Like we yeah. have a unity around our pursuit of Jesus. Um, or maybe you have a non-Christian in your group, and that's awesome. Um, but hey, they're they're curious or they want to grow in friendship. And so we have a unity around those things that we're pursuing together. Um, but then there's a diversity of people and types of people and backgrounds. And so you're learning how to do that with people who might be totally different from you. Like if you look at Jesus's core, uh, you've got some fishermen who are like kind of poor and uh, maybe struggling to pay the bills. And you've got the tax collector who's probably ripping them off. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and Jesus is like, yes, come follow me together. You're going to get along so well. Um, and so I think of that with core, like how, how can we invite people in who are maybe totally different from us and still find something that we have in common because the Holy Spirit enables that. Um, like that's just such a gift that Jesus gives us is to be able to be with these other people. Um, and then in that, you know, we get to learn and grow together as we serve together or as we read the Bible together, um, as we're being changed by Jesus together. And I think that's, that's a really sweet process that you don't always find naturally just out and about, like you might have one-on-one -on -one relationships often, but maybe not this kind of committed, intentional small group. Um, so that's something that I just love about it. Yeah. Jesus invites us not into just like a one-on-one -on -one relationship with someone else, but invites us into community of people making disciples. And that community, like you said, can look really like we can come from all different kinds yeah. of places, but that's just the beauty of like doing discipleship together and the spirit of Jesus, like molding us as one. Yeah. It's really good. You learn a lot. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's messy, but it's so good. Yeah. Okay, so how about fellowship, right? This is probably the closest thing we have to like our Sunday church service. Um, we get together and we worship and we learn. Um, what does discipleship look like in that larger context um, that we maybe didn't see Jesus do all that often in his ministry? I feel like the, um, you know, the larger group, you know, and again, we're, you know, only a couple of years into kind of restarting Pi or Chi Alpha here. And so our large group can be as big as a small group at times, but kind of those larger corporate gatherings, I feel like are helpful places for where are we going all together, you know? And it gives us the like zoomed out discipleship mission. So, I mean, Jesus says to all of his followers, go and make disciples. And so he gives everybody that's following him the shared vision of what they're doing together as disciple makers. And then they go off into different places. And so we need these like places where we come back all together, all Chi Alpha, mm -hmm. and have this sense of like, how are we doing in this making disciple process? How are we doing learning together? And of course, you know, fellowship has a place where there is a little bit more formal education at times where we are really like putting on our learner hats and learning all together. Um, and also like, yeah, you just, there's something beautiful again, going back to the diversity piece where like, okay, I've, I'm in it with my small group of people, but what are we all doing? What is all of Chi Alpha about? I, I don't know anything about that small group over there <laughs> yeah. that's that's trying to follow Jesus together. What does it look like when all of us gather together in all of its richness and beauty and chaos? And, um, and what does it look like for us to worship Jesus together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I don't know if I even have anything to add. That was beautiful. <laughs> oh, <thank> <laughs> it's true. But like you look at the Old Testament, right? And here's these large crowds of people who are trying to figure out how to follow God and one of the things they did together was worship. And so in this giant, large community context, God was giving them a vision for where to go. And that included worship, it included his mission. Um, 
which maybe sometimes we lose sight of on that smaller level as we're just trying to do life together and hang in together and maybe we don't get along for a little while and then we figure it out. Um, but still having that common common vision and common place to go and just be with God and celebrate yeah. God, um, even when it's hard uh, to have that place of consistent worship in our lives that's not just music, but is also this ongoing surrender that we have. Let's close with this idea. So we're on campus at U of O, and a big part of the culture here is being able to determine your own identity. As Christians, how do you think that discipleship shapes the way that we think about who we are? And is that different from what we see on campus? Yeah, I feel like it uh, It kind of summarizes a lot of what we've already talked about in a lot of ways of what discipleship is, that we're invited to, like, all of us, all y'all, go make disciples, that Jesus says to us. And so our identity is shaped by a communal identity. It's not just a solo one. It's not a me and Jesus, but a we and Jesus. So it shapes that element of life together. Um, it's It gives us like, you know, this sense of purpose and mission. You know, our identity is shaped in like, um, not our vocations, but in this like calling to love campus well, to love others well, to make disciples of all kinds of people and to invite them into our communal identity. Um, and then I, it comes, just comes back to you, like this identity was not birthed out of me. <laughs> it wasn't birthed out of another political campaign, but this identity was birthed out of Jesus's words and Jesus's vision and mission. And so our identity, we're reminded that it's not about me. It is about Jesus. And so it gives us this Jesus-centric um, viewpoint of what it means to follow him, what it means to live life on campus. Yeah, I think this this idea of a Christ-centered identity is what's so different from what we see on campus. Um, like, it's so easy to just try and figure out who you are based on all these different things. Like, okay, I need to get a good job. I need to finish my major. Or I need to uh, do this and this and this before I graduate. And Jesus invites us away from that. He's saying, no, like what I care about is that you love me, you love God and you love other people well. And all these other things are going to fall into place around that if you make me the priority. And it's really easy not to make Jesus a priority in college. Um, so I, I see that invitation is like Jesus wants to give us a new purpose especially in these years of figuring this out. Like he wants you to know that you are loved and that you are known by him and that he's calling you to something greater than getting that good job after college, which you can't guarantee anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, why not pursue him? And it's, it's in this process that we really start to understand what Jesus is all about. Like if we just have that intellectual understanding, um, it's not enough really to shape who we are. And that's what Jesus is calling us to. There's this holisticness to it where if I center my life on Christ and I make him my top priority, then everything else is going to be shaped by that. And I actually can't pursue those things first if I'm pursuing Jesus first. And that's a good thing. I may not realize it's a good thing at first, but eventually, hopefully I get there. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, that'll preach. That'll preach. It makes me think about, you know, something you were saying about halfway through there. Like we are all being discipled by something. And maybe it's even scarier in some way. Maybe scarier is not the right word, but when we don't even realize we're being discipled by something. And so really it's not about, do you want to be a disciple? Mm -hmm. 
but who do you want to be discipled by? And I think what you're getting at, this like to be discipled by Jesus is like to be discipled by the greatest human that ever lived. Yeah. By love. To be discipled by someone that laid it all down for me. To be discipled by someone that has the best interests in mind, not just for me, but for the world Mm -hmm. at large. Maybe I'm even in a place where I feel like I'm doing all right, but there are things going on in this world that deeply trouble me. I want to be discipled by someone that cares about those things as well. Yeah. And so it's not a matter of will I be discipled, but who or what will I be discipled by? Yeah. And I think Jesus cares enough to challenge us on things. And a lot of those other things that we want to follow are not going to challenge us on things. So that's something I appreciate about Jesus is he's like, no, I'm not going to just leave you where you are, where you think you know everything, you 18-year-old Cassie person who's starting college. But no, I'm going to teach you stuff and yeah. you're going to change your mind about things. And that's actually going to be good. Um, I just have really appreciated that. Maybe it's the like perfectionist in me, but I'm like, no, Jesus actually wants to change the way that I think. And that's good. And it might challenge me at times and it might be really hard at times. Um, But in the end, like I'm following the wisest person who's ever lived. And so I should probably listen to what he wants to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think as a young, you know, probably I was probably in high school and maybe parts of college where I had this idea that like there will be a day in which I will retire as a Christian. (laughs) That I will have, I will be so mature in my Christian ways that I'll have it all figured out. And I think, you know, I wouldn't have said this part, but I, in a lot of ways, I imagine that as like, that's a really comfortable place to be. Mm-hmm. Like I've got life figured out. I've got like following Jesus on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And the more I follow Jesus, the more I realize how untrue that is. I know nothing. Yeah. How, uh, yeah. I just know <laughs> less and less every day. Someone said this to me during college and they said something along the lines of, you know, like, you're going to learn stuff in your major and that's going to be good. Like it's good that you care about that and you care about your grades or whatever, but the things you're actually going to remember and the things that are going to change your life are going to be the things you learn in this Christian community. And that stuck with me because it was really true. Like I benefited from my major. I studied theater. It's awesome. I love theater. It's still great. Um, but the things that I learned in Christian community, in the in the everyday like small group meetings or in the large group fellowship, like things that people taught to me and were intentional about, those are the things that have actually impacted my life because they were about my life. They weren't about just my job, which is like a percentage of my life. It's one of those things where you get out what you put into it in a sense of if you're intentional about following Jesus now, you will actually benefit from that. And you'll probably remember that a whole lot more than, you know, that one test you took. Yeah. Everything that we're trying to do and discipleship is probably like at the foundation of what we're doing in Chi Alpha is meant to serve students for the rest of their life. And so really we want to be a community that teaches how to make disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples, not just in college, but wherever we go. Mm-hmm. I think the the call I would want to give to our, our community is just like, let's make a commitment to be intentional disciples this year. And wherever that, you know, wherever Jesus leads you in that, great. You know, every year of being discipled is going to look different, but let's have some intentionality about the way that we follow Jesus um, and be people who are committed 
to becoming more like him and getting to know him better day by day. Let's go. Woo. So thanks for recording with me, Joey. That was a lot of fun. I'm excited to do more of these. And thank you, listeners. Feel free, of course, to reach out to us or to your small group leader if you want to talk more about this. Um, We're all passionate about discipleship, not just me and Joey. So come talk to them. Um, May God bless you this week, and we'll see you soon. Bye. (laughs) The bye really makes it. (laughs)